Each of us was born under a miraculous sign. No matter how you came to be, the fact of your birth was a wondrous event. If you have any doubts that it was, just ask those who love you. Just ask your friends. Just ask your family. Just ask me. We will all tell you what a miracle your birth was. Some of us have been told our birth narratives. One story that is told about my own birth is how I, my arrival helped my family turn from mourning to praise. My paternal grandfather, Lauren Dana, died of cancer before I was born. He had been well enough to be at my parents' wedding in March of 1966, but did not live much past Christmas that year. At the time of his death, he knew that my mother was pregnant with me, but he would not live to see me born. Because my grandfather was not an old man, I think it was 57 or 58 if I remember right, the family took his death quite hard, as you can imagine. He and my grandmother, Mildred Dana, had run the family cattle ranch since my grandfather was a young man. They had raised five children there. Though not the oldest child in his family, my father was the next to inherit this Montana cattle ranch, and I was to be the first great-grandchild who would grow up there. My grandfather's death came at a time when not much was known about cancer. He had little or no treatment for it. Those were the days when a person got a cancer diagnosis one day, and a few months later, he or she was gone. Those were the days when it was really not much known. My parents took this death very hard, as did my grandmother and my great-grandmother. So after a long, hot summer in which my own father did his best to run the ranch without his father's guidance and support, after months of discomfort during my mother's first pregnancy, after the hay was stacked, the cattle rounded up, and the garden produce put up in jars, after so many months of getting on with life in the midst of grief, I was born in September 1967. What a joy to have a healthy, happy baby boy in the house. What a change of pace for my young parents. What an ordinary miracle. Nearing her 90th birthday, my great-grandmother, Stella Porter, developed a particular fondness for me. She was a thin, bony woman who was becoming increasingly frail. But seated in her rocking chair, she would hold me by the hour, content to look down and watch the baby sleep. At the end of her own life, she could see how precious and tender my new life was, and each of us benefited from the other. Of course, I have no actual memories of these days and these events. The story of my birth lives on in the retelling of it, and the retelling of birth stories 
is one of the most important things that families do. Each of my three younger brothers has his own birth story, as does my sister Ellen. My brother Lauren was supposed to be a girl. After three boys, the whole family was hoping for a girl. But he wasn't, and that was fine too. To get a girl, we had to actually adopt. And that is how Ellen came to us, a baby sister brought home from the hospital on the day she was born. What a miracle. How was your birth a miracle? What stories do you know of the day that you came into the world? Were you born easily or under dangerous or difficult circumstances? Did you join brothers and sisters, or were you the first for your parents? Did your parents rejoice at your birth, or did they worry about what this enormous new responsibility would mean? Were you born to luxury or to struggle? What stories have you been told of the laughter and the tears of the day that you were born? What stories do you tell your children and grandchildren about the miracles of their births? What will they remember of their own story that they can then tell their children and grandchildren? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a young woman engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The young woman's name was Mary. And Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. What a way to start a story, right? We sort of think we know it, and then it surprises us every single year. Stories have great power and usefulness. That the Bible is a collection of ancient stories makes it more useful than if it were a history book or a science book. More useful as a book of stories. The Bible's lasting value comes not because it is the word of God, but because it is words about God. Its pages point continually through story and verse to that which is greater than humans. Foolish people want to turn the Bible into the yardstick for all things modern, and they also want to shut God away in a box, too. They cannot stand it that people all over the world have thousands of ways of responding to the holiness in life. They cannot accept that for some, life itself is all that is needed to inspire awe. They want to wield the Bible like a sword, cutting down anyone who will not agree with them. Interestingly, 
Biblical literalists come in two varieties, fundamentalist Christians and Unitarian Universalists. (laughs) Are you shocked? I hope so. Yes, we Unitarian Universalists are often as bad as our fundamentalist Christian neighbors when it comes to taking the Bible literally. Unlike fundamentalist Christians who have read the Bible and accept it as unerringly true, we have heard that the Bible is to be accepted as pure truth and have rejected it entirely, often without reading it. They say all of it is God's word. We say none of it is God's word. They say nothing else matters. We say everything but the Bible matters. They look silly, and we look silly too. The story I just read from the gospel attributed to Luke is known as the Annunciation, God's conversation with Mary by way of an angel. And we know that it is a story because it begins in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. In Bible speak, this story opener is equivalent to once upon a time in a far and distant land, there lived a beautiful princess. The original tellers and hearers of this story would have been perfectly comfortable with it as a myth and not a news account. So are we clear that these words from Luke are a story? They are not to be taken literally. Now we all need to be up to speed at this point, or the rest of the sermon is just not going to (laughs) work. So I want you to repeat after me. This is a story. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a young woman engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The young woman's name was Mary. And Gabriel said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. I think any of us would be perplexed to have an angel show up at our house. This would be like having Yoda from Star Wars show up at your door and say, Greetings, favored one. The Force is with you. (laughs) Part of the mystery of our story is that these are not words a young Jewish woman in Roman-occupied Israel, was likely to have heard 2,000 years ago. In no way would Mary have been considered a favored one in her society. We don't know anything about her family's class or social standing, but life in an occupied land is never easy. We can assume that she and her family were observant Jews, That she was engaged to Joseph tells us that she was of good reputation and of good standing in the community. We might guess that she helped her mother and her sisters with the chores and the running of a house and a family. We might even suppose that she was paying special attention to what her mother had to teach her 
because she soon would be running her own house. She soon would be expecting her own children. And then, all of a sudden, life changed. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. In biblical stories, to have an angel appear to you can mean nothing but trouble. (laughs) If an angel shows up, your life is going to change and not for the easier either. Regrettably, the fundamentalist Christians and the New Age types have also domesticated angels, turning them into sweet, sappy helpers that keep you from falling down the stairs or help you get a better job. Like the rest of the Bible, many of us pitched out the angels a long time ago, too. But biblical angels, they're of a different kind. The angel Gabriel showing up at Mary's house was anything but good news for her. What is one of the worst things that can accidentally happen to a young, unmarried woman? Pregnancy. Getting pregnant when she doesn't want to be puts any young woman in a terrible, terrible position. That Gabriel was there to tell her that she was going to get pregnant out of wedlock by someone other than Joseph could not have thrilled Mary. She wasn't looking for trouble, but boy, did it find her anyway. Greetings favored one. No wonder Mary was perplexed. And yet, after Mary talked to the angel Gabriel, after she had gotten her questions answered, the story tells us that she was satisfied. The gospel writer concludes, Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. What is so surprising about Mary's response is that she accepts that she must do something frightening and risky, but she puts her faith in the angel's words. The entire story of the Annunciation and of Jesus' birth is about God's redeeming vision for the world, the fullness of God's love and justice breaking in through the most humble of situations. A young peasant woman, pregnant out of wedlock, and a member of a powerless, oppressed minority ruled by a brutal empire. And this young woman accepts the challenge of God's call and answers with courage and faith, saying, Here I am. Let your goodness work through me. For Mary, what was announced in a perplexing moment took nine months to grow within. For us, what comes as a difficulty or a challenge may take months or even years to bear fruit. Each of us has hopes and dreams that we work toward. Each of us will have challenges and trials that we must patiently attend to. Once again, the old, old story has new meaning for each of us. Once again, the miracle comes true. 
What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? This child is Jesus of Nazareth. This child is you. This child is me. This child is every child the whole world over. Your birth was a miracle, too. This is the meaning of Christmas. So may it always be. Amen.